Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. My name is Guilherme Almeida. I'm on staff here, and that is exactly what I'm here to do. I'm here to welcome you. I'm also here to acknowledge that we are stewards of this time and of this space. So when we welcome someone, we want them to feel at home around us. So please let us know if there's any way that we can serve you and connect with you. One of the things we enjoy doing is learning more about you. So there is a white welcome card in the pew back in front of you. Please use that to share your prayer requests. And to, if you are a guest with us, share a little bit about you and how we can connect in the coming days. Also, we do, uh, like I told you, we're stewards of this time, right? It doesn't belong to us, but we take care of it. So one of the ways you can connect and enjoy your time here and experience this time here is through your worship folder and your hymnal. And if you didn't bring a Bible uh, for the scripture reading and sermon material, you might be able to consult your Bible uh, in the pew back in front of you. We also welcome your whole self for this experience. This is an invitation for Calvarians and guests. We welcome your whole self of wonder, of doubts, and of trust. We welcome the whole spectrum of experiences and emotions that we have, that we have lived in and that we are about to experience. So contemplation, exuberance, silence, energy, sound, age, wisdom, background, life choices. We welcome all of that in worship. Let's worship the Lord.
so that whoever believes in you should not perish, but have eternal life. We have been reclaimed from deep trouble, and we celebrate your great mercy. Lift high the cross, till all adore God's sacred name. You have made us alive with the grace of Christ, through whom we are rescued and healed. Awaken us to your presence and work in us, around us, and through us. Lift high the cross till all adore God's sacred name. We give thanks for such unshakable love, for such wonderful deeds for the children of earth. Teach us to live into this reality of love and selflessness. Lift high the cross till all adore God's sacred name. May we call ours the mission with which you have entrusted us. May we own it with a clear knowledge of the sacrifice that it demands, and may we offer our whole selves to the life of following you. Lift high the cross till all adore God's sacred name. Amen. Baby, so 
If there are any other children who would like to join us for the children's message, we invite you to do so now. Thank you so much for leading us in a processional today. Y'all did a great job. How many of you have been to Passport Kids Camp? Several of us, great. Do you remember seeing a processional similar to this at Passport where we held a cross and walked in and some of us had streamers at the beginning of worship? That's right. Why do you think that we came in with a cross? Why a cross? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It reminds us of Jesus dying on the cross for us, right? That's a great reminder of Jesus and God's love for us. As Christians, Jesus is at the center of our worship and of our lives, and we are to spend time with Jesus each day. What are some ways that we can spend time with Jesus? What about right now in worship? We're spending time with Jesus in worship. Let's say. Praying, spending time with Jesus in prayer, that's great. How else can we spend time with Jesus? Worshiping. Mm-hmm. Worship. What about reading our Bibles? That's what you were going to say? Mm-hmm. Caroline? Okay, reading our Bibles and spending time with Jesus in the Word, great. Mm-hmm. Thanking Jesus, the practice of gratitude, that's great. That's a great way to spend time with Jesus. Great. So as we're looking at this cross throughout worship, I want it to be a reminder for us to spend time with Jesus this week. That's the first thing that we do in our lives as Christians, and everything else comes after that. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us. Help us to spend time with you this week. Thank you for your stories and your teachings that we can read. Thank you for the reminder of God's love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went up the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him, and to be sent out to proclaim the message, and to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Sons of Thunder. And Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The word of God. Thanks be, Thanks to, God. be to times I failed, still your mercy remains, and 
and I should stumble again. Still I'm caught in your grace, everlasting. Your light will shine when all else fades, never ending. Your glory goes beyond all fame. My heart and my soul, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out. Let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the Lord, my soul cries. 
At the start of my undergraduate career, I was always the type of person that had trouble sitting still. I wanted to go do things, to adventure across oceans, climb big mountains, meet fascinating people, and learn about their lives. So I chose to spend my summers here in the US instead. A big part of that reason was a program through CBF called Student.go. College students are sent all over the world through this program living and learning with CBF field personnel. It is, in a way, a significant reason that I chose to move to Waco and pursue my MSW. I didn't know that at the time. All I knew is that I was spending my summers here in the US instead of being an au pair in Italy or exploring castles in the UK. It was frustrating. But something kept drawing me closer to these summer opportunities, and I kept going, first to Helena, Arkansas, and then to Miami, Florida. I spent the summer after my sophomore year in Miami working and learning along CBF field personnel, Angel and Jason Pittman, a somewhat highly sought after position in the student.go world. But I didn't really know that and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But I willingly hopped in a car with two fellow South Carolinians and headed south. We were scared, but we hit it well. It was just summer camp after all. But I very distinctly remember driving into Miami. There was this new strange feeling of adrenaline and shock and I was just sitting there, letting it all hit me. What in the world was I doing here? Why me? But fast forward a few weeks, we had just finished culture training, decorated our name tags and made it through the first few weeks of summer camp. There were a ton of tears shed on my end a handful of late night phone calls to my mom, and somehow I had made it to this one Saturday in June. I was sitting in our apartment with my six teammates when we heard the faintest little knock on the door. It was one of my campers that lived in the apartments next to us. I was, of course, surprised because I was sure that this camper hated me. We had butted heads more in those short weeks than I had with anyone in my entire life. But there he was, asking me to hang out. So we did. We sat outside, we cut up a mango from the tree nearby, and we played games. Even in the doing of this one afternoon, I was still. I was eating mangoes and I was playing games, but I was still. There I was, sitting with someone that was so completely different from me, with the strongest feeling in the world that this is what the kingdom of God is supposed to feel like. Isn't it? Both of us so uniquely different, but both of us the children of God. Still today, that warm Saturday afternoon in Miami is what comes to mind when I think of being with God. It was surprising and it was simple, and all it took was accepting that invitation to be still.
gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you have talked to Don and Julie Corley recently, you have probably heard that their family tried something new at the end of the summer. And instead of going somewhere together on a vacation, their family came here and had a Waco staycation. And everyone took off work, their children, Ashley and Chris, their children's spouses, their new grandchildren, everybody came to spend the week here in Waco. Now, when, when she found out that they were coming, Julie immediately began to make a list of all of the new fun places that have popped up in Waco since Chris and Ashley moved away. And she thought that they would spend the week being tourists in their own hometown. And so she began to make plans for them to visit the silos, maybe the Waco Mammoth site, and so many of the new restaurants, shops, and food trucks around town. And throughout the week, she thought they would check off some of these new Waco hotspots off their list. Well, after everyone had left, I asked Don and Julie how the week went, expecting to hear all about their fun Waco excursions. But Julie smiled at me and said that they really didn't end up going many places at all. She said, we went to a few of our favorite restaurants for takeout, but other than that, we really didn't leave the house. We just spent the week being together, all of us in the same place at the same time, and it was wonderful. The Waco staycation is just what we all needed. You know, the chance to simply be with the people we love may be one of the most sacred experiences we can have. And I hope that all of us have at least one relationship with a friend or family member or significant other that allows us to be with people in this way. 
one of those relationships where you know you don't have to entertain or impress the other person or to be entertained by the other person. You don't have to carry the conversation all the time or always have something exciting to do together or to say to one another. You can simply be with each other without needing to say or to do anything at all. Well, today's text, Mark 3, 13 through 19, reminds us that Jesus understands this concept quite well. It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that they might send, he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, a lot of times we get so focused on Jesus calling the disciples to go out and to preach and to do the work of the kingdom of God that we completely gloss over an important phrase in this verse. But do you notice what is the very first thing that Jesus appoints these new disciples to do? Before he calls them to go anywhere or to say anything or to do anything, the very first thing Jesus appoints them to do is simply to be with him. And then from the rest of chapter 3 until later in chapter 6, that is precisely what the disciples do. They, they watch Jesus carefully and closely. They listen to Jesus' teachings. They follow wherever Jesus tells them to go, but they really don't do anything. Instead, just as Jesus has appointed them, they spend their time being with him. In her commentary on Mark, our friend Sharon Dowd says this, According to Mark, being with Jesus is the aspect of mission that is both chronologically and theologically prior to everything else. She said it is impossible to overestimate the importance for Christian formation of community life that is centered on the presence of being with Jesus. You know, this, this story forces me to pause and ask myself, how often do we completely underestimate the importance of being with Jesus? Before we seek to go out and attempt to do anything for Jesus, how often do you and I miss this crucial first step? Now, the, the classic example in the Bible of someone who underestimates the importance of being with Jesus is when Jesus visits Martha's house in Luke 10. Now, we've actually finished this series in worship on hospitality here at Calvary. And the thing is, if, if anyone epitomizes hospitality throughout the New Testament, it's Martha. So last week we talked about how the Pharisees mistreated Jesus when he came into their homes. Well, Martha does the exact opposite. She wants to make sure that everything is just perfect when Jesus comes into her home. But before long, Martha becomes distracted by all of the details needed to prepare for this meal. And she becomes increasingly perturbed that her sister Mary is simply sitting there with Jesus while she's the one doing all of the work. And I'm sure she keeps watching them kind of out of the corner of her eye, trying to just shrug it off, like, 
it's really not a big deal, right? But, but then time goes on and the dishes keep piling up and she just becomes more and more frustrated that Mary is just sitting over there completely oblivious to what's going on and not doing anything to help her. So finally Martha just can't hold it in any longer and she spews out to Jesus, don't you care? I mean, don't you care that my sister is just sitting there while I'm the one here doing all of the work? Tell her to get up and help me. But in this instance, the one who is seeking to offer hospitality is not the one who is praised. Instead, Jesus praises Mary for simply sitting with him and for listening to him, for not doing anything at all. In fact, he says only one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the better part. Bernard of Clairvaux is a 12th century monk, and he once said that, that some of us spend our lives like channels and others of us like reservoirs. But if you are wise, he says, you will be reservoirs and not channels. The channels let water flow away and do not retain a drop but the reservoir is first filled, and then without emptying itself, pours out its overflow, which is ever renewed over the fields which it waters. How many there are who are devoted to works, who are never anything but channels, and retain nothing for themselves, but remain dry while trying to pass on life-giving grace to souls. We have many channels in the church today, he says, but few reservoirs. Likewise, we have many Marthas in the church, but few Marys. For many of us, our, our natural inclination is to go and to do and to pour out everything we have when our very first calling is to be, to retain. As Ephesians 3.19 reminds us, to be filled up to the measure of all the fullness of God. Or as Psalm 23 reminds us, our cups are to be so full that they spill over. I don't know about you all, but I long for a cup that is like that. For a reservoir that keeps me filled and overflowing. But I must confess, this is a hard sermon for me to preach because more often than not, I am a Martha and not a Mary, a channel and not a reservoir. I am so often drawn to go and to do first and then to return and to be with Jesus later if there's any time left over. And perhaps a good question for us to ask ourselves is why? Why do we do this? Is it selfishness? Is it pride, laziness, self-sufficiency, lack of faith, lack of trust? What is it that keeps you and me on this relentless treadmill of believing and living as if we can and should do all things on our own? And what would it look like for us to take a step off the treadmill of busyness and to surrender control? Ultimately, I think these stories remind us that there, there is something so incredibly significant about being with Jesus that we cannot neglect. And if we have two options, no matter how good the other option sounds, being with Jesus first is always going to be the better part. 
And it's better because there is something about our interior life with God that directly influences our exterior life for God. There is something about how we retain the fullness of God that allows us to pour out from the fullness of God. There is something about being with Jesus that directly impacts the way in which you and I seek to go out and to do the work of Jesus. And even when we have the very best of intentions, we cannot reverse the two. Today we are beginning a new series in worship called Mission Reimagined. And for the next few weeks, we will be digging more deeply into what it means for us to be a missional community here at 18th and Bosque and in our schools and workplaces and day-to-day relationships and all around the world. But as we begin today, instead of reimagining the ways that we can be used by God, I think the very best place to start is by reimagining the ways in which you and I seek to live with God. In fact, one of my favorite authors, Sarah Bessie, says that we should take this idea of being used by God, and she says to chuck it out the window. She says, I know we mean well, of course we do, when we say things like, I just want to be used by God, or we sing songs, use me, Jesus, and we we mean so well. When we say we want to be used by God, we, we usually mean that we want our lives to count for something bigger than ourselves. But the language we use matters because our words tip our hand. Our words reveal what we truly think and believe about God, And I don't believe that God wants to use me. I wasn't created to be used. We were not saved, set free, rescued, redeemed to be used. We aren't here to work and to earn our way. Would anyone use their beloved? Would anyone use their child, use their friend? And if we, being human, know these things, how much more does our Father, who is love himself, She says, when we use the word used, I believe we are missing the wild and crazy, upside-down kingdom of God itself, hidden in the very name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God saved you because God loves you and longs to restore you to relationship. You were rescued and redeemed to be with God. God delights in you. God yearns to walk with you, to be with you, to see you become fully human, fully alive, and fully your own self. God does not want to use you. God wants to be with you because God loves you. There's the hint in his name itself, Emmanuel, the very name meaning God with us. Not God to us, not God using us, not God managing us, not God working us, not God manipulating or puppeteering us, God with us. Friends, that's kind of the irony of this whole sermon, isn't it? Here we are struggling to be people who daily seek to live with God when God has already done the hard work of coming to earth to live with us. His very name, Emmanuel, tells us that. And even when Jesus descended, ascended into heaven, he reminds us, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. 
And so perhaps the question for us to ask ourselves this morning is, what does being with Jesus look like for you and for me? If Jesus were to call us today, like he called those very first disciples to be with him, what might that change about how we go about our everyday lives? For some of us, I think being with Jesus happens in those early morning hours as the sun is beginning to rise. And with a coffee in one hand and our Bible in the other, it's that time and space when we feel closest with God. And then some of us need to be with Jesus when the day is done, when we can reflect on what has been done and what has not been done, and to let it all be. For some of us, being with Jesus happens in silence, with time and space to be still and to know that God is God. For some of us, the best ways to be with Jesus are to be with people who are his hands and his feet, people who feel effortless to be with, and time with them just fills our souls. For some of us, we feel closest to Jesus with a pen and paper to creatively express our thoughts and ideas. And for some of us, we feel closest to Jesus working in the garden or playing the piano or while we're running outside in Cameron Park. And some of us are nearest to Jesus right here in this very room, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship together. And we desperately need the people who are the family of God in this place who embody Jesus with us. All of us need to discover the times and ways in which we can be with Jesus. All of us need to learn the life-giving practices of being with Jesus that fill our reservoirs and then to be intentional enough to practice them in our everyday lives. And all of us need to guard these times and spaces as if our lives depended on them because, in fact, they do. In staff meeting this week, we were reflecting on the words of the 23rd Psalm, and I love the way that the Common English Bible says it. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. Friends, our lives depend on being with God. They do. And I can always tell in my soul and deep within my very being when I have neglected this important time and space of being with God. There's a reason that flight attendants tell us to put on our oxygen masks first and then to help the people around us. They keep us alive. And so does a daily practice of being with Jesus. A civil rights leader and theologian, Howard Thurman, reminds us, isn't that what the world needs from us? Dr. Thurman is most well-known for saying, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And so friends, my hope and prayer today is that you and I might be people who have come alive and who are daily coming alive by being with Jesus. Because the chance to simply be with Jesus may be the most sacred experience we can have. It's a relationship where you know you don't need to entertain or to impress the other or to be entertained by the other. 
You don't have to carry the conversation the whole time or always have something exciting to do together or to say to each other. You can simply be with each other without needing to say or to do anything at all. There's a reason that you and I are called child of God, beloved of God, friend of God, because Jesus wants to be with us in this way and in ways that you and I haven't even begun to imagine. And so God, I ask that you would help all of us to discover the ways, the life-giving ways in which we can daily be with you. God, your, your word tells us time and time again that, that you have already come to be with us to not fear because you are with us. That even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. And so whatever those of us in this room are facing this week, I pray that we might leave trusting and believing that you are the God who is with us and convicted of ways in which we need to be with you. God, thank you for grace to wake up tomorrow and to start fresh. And thank you for the relentless ways that you pursue us to be with us all the days of our lives. We ask these things in your name and for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. Well, maybe you are here today and you're hearing about this unique kind of relationship with a God who came to be with us and you're ready to take that first step toward a life with God. And if you want to respond today to what God has done for you and for all of us through Jesus, we would love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary. Or maybe you're ready to respond to God by making Calvary your home. The disciples in today's text were not only called to be with Jesus, but they were called to be with Jesus together in community with one another. And we would love to welcome you into our community today. Or, or maybe you're here and, and you're struggling in your life with God today. Maybe you feel as if God is absent and the idea of God with us sounds great, but, but you're searching for God and God is just nowhere to be found. Or in the midst of hurricanes and fear and devastation and all that is swirling around us in the world today, maybe you are struggling to believe that God is with us at all. There is space at Calvary to be real about that. And so know that we would love to talk with you and to pray with you however you feel led. Our ministers will be in the back as we continue in worship. to walk as a child of the light. I want to 
Set the stars and give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all. Oh, 
Loving God, remind us today of your love, your provisions, your grace, and our call to be on mission for you. But God, we realize that we cannot truly be with you or go out in this world for you with divided loyalties. And Lord, remind us that our call to obedience needs to start with the way we view possessions and the things of this world. Lord, help us to be good stewards, to accomplish what you have called us to do in this community, in our schools, in our job. But don't let the ups and downs of our careers, the opinion of others, have power over us. Help us to provide by your grace for our needs and the needs of our family, but do not let wealth have dominion over us. We confess, Lord, that we need not love the good things of this world, but need to love you and others far more. Lord, give us generous hearts. May we long to be with you, and may we be changed by your presence in our lives. Amen.
as we go today, just a few things I'd love for everyone to remember. First, let's be in prayer for a team from some of our sister churches, Dayspring Baptist here in Waco, and also Broadway Baptist in Fort Worth, is heading out this afternoon to go do some relief work outside of Houston um, after Hurricane Harvey. And they have specifically asked if there is anyone who could be gone from work for part of the week who could come from Wednesday through Saturday to help them. So if that is something anyone is interested in and has the flexibility to do, please let me know. Also, I'm so glad we got to hear from Emily Moeller, our new social work intern. Emily, wave your hand up so everybody can see you. Um, You heard Emily has a strong background with CBF. Um, She is a close friend, and her mentor is Leanne Gardner, who I know many of you know and love. We are excited to spend the year with Emily and to serve with her. So thank you for sharing with us. And lastly, I hope you will notice that green flyer in your worship folder today. It's about piloting a new way to do small groups this fall. Dawn and Julie Corley will actually be out in the Welcome Center as you leave today, and we'd love to get you signed up for that. Please receive this benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you. May Christ's mercy astound you. And may the Spirit abound in you. So that you live in the fullness of the God who is with you always. Amen. Live in grace, trust in the arms that will hold you. Go in peace, live in grace, trust God's love. Take bread for the journey and strength for the fight. Comfort to sleep through the night, wisdom to choose at the fork in the road, and a heart that knows the way home. Go now in peace. Amen.